Welcome, welcome all to a special 50th episode of your favorite podcast, Targo. Big 50, man. Big, Big 50. Oh, man. Seems like yesterday we just started this. It really does. That, that was like six months ago, man. Yeah. Weird. Time flies when you're having fun. That's right. Yeah. Uh, before I get into my beer, how are you, buddy? Doing good, man. Doing good, as always. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. I got beer in front of me, and I'm talking to my best friend. So 50 episodes of that doesn't get much better. Heck no. So what are you drinking today? So for the Big 50, man, I got Hop Valley Brewing Company Kraken Stash IPA. Nice. I figure you'd like this one. Yeah, I do like it, and it is a good one. We'll see how it tastes. I'm sure it will be. Yeah. Not bad. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, it's... How about you? What do you wet your I whistle have... with? I got Rogue Mogul Madness Winter Ale. A winter ale in spring. All right. Yeah. Let me know how it is. It's the winter ales, man. They just warm me up inside. And I got the AC blasting in my house, so it feels like... And I see you wearing a sweatshirt there, it looks like. <laughs> it's very thin a summer sweatshirt but it's very good um it almost tastes like a hybrid between an ale like a a regular ale and a dark ale so it's a little darker a little richer in flavor but it's very good so those are our brews let's get to some banter welcome to brews and banter targo we got a lot to cover today we got a european final which someone changed their answer on Good thing they Glad did. I did. <laughs> we got an FA Cup preview, the final Manchester Derby edition. We got the final weeks of La Liga and Serie A. Teams of the season for the EPL and Bundesliga. And how will we remember this season in both of those leagues, as well as our awards? We actually agreed on something for once. Yeah, we did. <laughs> So make sure you check out our socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and a Redbubble account. Links are below in the description. So let's get into it, Targo. We had a Europa League final. It was Jose Mourinho, six straight European finals won against six straight Europa Leagues won for Sevilla. And after you changed your answer from Roma... Sevilla pulled this one out. It took them all the way until penalty kicks, though, ending 1-1 after extra time. Jose Mourinho loses his first European final ever as a manager after winning six straight. I have to say it twice because it's that impressive. That is so impressive. Did you see what he did with this second-place medal? No. Did he throw it on the ground? Tossed it to a fan. <laughs> threw it in the stands, yeah. yeah understandable. But... Spinazzola would get his fir- the first big chance of the game in the 12th minute after a wonderful cutback by Selic or Celic, apologies. Uh, his first time cr- uh, shot was too close to Bonu, who saved it superbly. And then it took until the 25th minute for Sevilla to even register a shot. And it was way off target. <laughs> I mean, it hit the back row, Rosed. Rosed? Yeah. Uh, Sevilla had most of the possession in the first half, really couldn't get anything going in attack. Roma keeping everyone behind the ball as we thought they would. 
And then in the 35th minute, the man, the myth, the legend himself back from injury, Paulo Dybala with the breakthrough after a wonderful through ball from Mancini sent him behind the defense and a simple finish past Bonu. And you could tell how much that meant for Roma. Yeah, it meant a lot for Roma. Terrible giveaway in midfield from Sevilla and their own half. And then, yeah, Mancini with a beautiful ball, man, to Dybala. And he made no mistakes on that one. And then Josie Mourinho backing up the bus, parking it right in front of the goal. But Sevilla did find a way in the second half in the 55th minute after your man himself. Jesus Navas, man. Jesus I told Navas, you. The ancient one put in a cross and Gianluca Mancini put the ball in his own net. It seemed to be the only way that Sevilla were going to make it past Roma in this one. And then in the 66th minute, I swear Roma was going to score. Somehow Sevilla kept it out of the net. The ball, I mean, Bonu saved it. It was on the ground, and it seemed like 10 players around him scrumming for the ball, just bouncing around. Sevilla somehow kept it out. And then the final shot by, I think it was Matic, went well wide. But, man, I thought for sure that was the winner for Roma. Bonu definitely had a few good saves in this game. He did. He did. But after that, Sevilla started to pile on the pressure. And it really started going from there. The 75th minute, Sevilla thought they'd won a penalty after Ibanez made a rash challenge on Ocampos, only to see the replays and see it was a dive. So, yeah. Very minimal contact. He definitely made the most of it. Sevilla piled on the pressure, failed to really test for Patricio, so in extra time we went. It was very cagey throughout extra time, but went to penalty kicks. And the shootout, Bonu playing the... Hero again, saving penalties from Gianluca Mancini and Roger Ibanez. And then just five months after winning the World Cup with Argentina, your man himself, Gonzalo <laughs> Montiel, made the clinching spot kick to give Sevilla a record seventh Europa League title, winning 4-1 on penalty kicks. And he's the one who got Argentina the World Cup, too. He made the winning PK for them. Clutch penalty kick. Guys, clutch and PKs, apparently, huh? Doesn't do much on the field, but you get him a penalty kick shootout, man. Clutch. Apparently. Yeah, tough break for Roma. Always sucks when you score all the goals in the game and you don't win. We've seen it one too many times as Arsenal fans. But with Sevilla qualifying for the Champions League, that makes five teams from La Liga in next season's competition. We have Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, and Real Sociedad, along with Sevilla. All right, next up, FA Cup Final, my man. On the 4th of June. Can you believe it's June already? I know, this Saturday, too. Holy or Sunday, Sunday, whatever day the 4th is, I don't know. Yeah, it's not May the 4th anymore, it's June the 4th. <laughs> we have a Manchester Derby for the first time ever in the FA Cup Final. We have Manchester City against Manchester United, both going for a double for the season. Manchester City famously winning the Premier League title. And Manchester United winning the Carabao Cup, which no one really cares about, but it's still a trophy. Hey, it's something to hang your hat on. It is. Man United, unfortunately, have Anthony Martial, Lissandro Martinez, Donny Vanderbeek, and Marcel Sabitzer out for this one. 
going against a full-strength Manchester City squad. Is Anthony back? He's doubtful, but uh, he's got a fitness test, I think, tomorrow to see if he can play. So possibly add Anthony to that list. City's still going for the treble. Who you got in this one? Oh, man, it's hard to bet against Man City. But Man United, they have beat them already, as you might recall. Mm-hmm. And then they also, as you might recall, got spanked by Man City in that at the Etihad. But I, I got to go with City, man. Erling Holland, Kevin De Bruyne, Jack Grealish is on fire. A well-rested and fully healthy Manchester City squad at full strength. That's a scary opposition, and I don't dare bet against that. I wouldn't even bet against them when Arsenal were 11 points up. So (laughs) I'm going to Manchester City in this one. And if City do win the treble, Targo, will they be considered the greatest Premier League team of all time? This one. They're going to have to be considered. I don't know if they will be, but depends who you you ask. Might say they are. Some might say they're not. They're not. But how about you? They're going to be up there, man. I don't know. I'd have to go look at these other teams. Because if you look at the point totals they got, it's not the most impressive in the Premier League. They got 89 points, which is still a lot. Don't get me wrong. But there was a point where they got 100 points. (laughs) Yeah. 94, 95 points. So, I mean. They didn't win a treble, though. They didn't. You're not wrong. And I would So, point tallies in the Premier League might be against them. But if they get a treble, yeah, it's. It's automatically going to shoot them into contention for one of the best teams. I agree. And they definitely would be up there. I think I would consider them better than the United treble winning squad. Yeah. I mean, potentially. Okay. I'd almost want to go back and see who United beat in that treble winning run, especially in the road to the Champions League. Yeah. I don't think they wiped the floor with a Real Madrid squad. No, I mean in that in the final against Bayern Munich, they were down and had to come back. Yeah, I do remember that. And a very good Bayern Munich squad, by the way. So I mean, we'll see. <laughs> Again, Inter Milan could upset them. Well, could. if they do, then the, I think that takes them out of that contention for best team. But that's for another episode. That is. That is. <laughs> Next week. (laughs) Let's switch gears to Manchester United. Uh, If United win the double, let's say, would it be the second best season in the Premier League? Yeah. Two trophies, Champions League. Yeah. Uh, With or without winning the FA Cup? Or both? With winning the FA Cup. Okay. So you think they had a better season than anybody else besides uh, City in the Premier League? with the FA Cup, but not without it. Yes. If they win the Carabao and FA FA Cup, they will have had the second best season, I think, in the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, I'm on the fence of whether I call that. In England. How about that? Not necessarily Premier League, but in England. Yeah. I'm on the fence of considering their, even without an FA Cup, their season better than Arsenal's. It's a trophy, man. Yeah. I mean, you think 20 years from now, people are going to remember, oh, Arsenal had all that promise. Are they going to look at United and say, oh, they won the Carabao Cup, FA Cup final? Mm-hmm. They'll remember United. We will probably remember Arsenal, but we'll see. Will it be the season that really jumps 
Arsenal into contention for titles later on. We'll see. And that would be how it would be remembered. But I don't know. So that's the thing. Like you're talking about Arsenal versus Man United, who had the better season. I mean, Arsenal played better football. They were in first for majority of it. I will say the future looks more promising. But all those kind of things are not tangible at the moment. Yeah. There's no I mean, yes, they have a more promising future, but that can all turn to crap very quick. <laughs> it only takes a couple of injuries. Whereas United, you know, didn't have as good a season as Arsenal in the Premier League, but they got a trophy. They're in a, another cup final. So ask yeah. me in a week. Okay. We'll do. <laughs> I'll have a definitive answer then once that FA Cup final plays out. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll ask you next week. I'll make sure to remember that. But in the meantime, we still got one more week left of La Liga. So we do. Let's go. All right, man. In La Liga. On the third, or on the fourth, pardon me. We have all the games. Yep. They're all played on the fourth. We got Real Sociedad against Europa League winners, Sevilla. So in the table, Sociedad sitting in fourth place pretty comfortably. They'll be in a Champions League spot. Sevilla, as I mentioned, are in 11th. But they are tied with a couple teams in front of them, both all of them on 49 points. So depending how other results go, they could finish as high as 7th. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And with them getting a Champions League berth, both teams in the Champions League next year, um, it's not really going to mean that much to them to finish 7th or 11th at this point. No. So that's why I think Sociedad gets it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think Sociedad probably does. It might be a – no. Marcus Acuna's out. Midweek game. Yeah, I think I think Sociedad will take this one. All right. And then another notable game. We have Villarreal against Atletico Madrid. Atletico are in third. Could pip Real Madrid in second if Real have any slip-ups. Villarreal, they're in fifth, currently in a Europa League spot. And it looks like they are safe there. They are stuck in fifth, man. If they lose, they'll be in fifth. If they win, they'll be in fifth. Yeah. So Europa League spot for them. Uh, Atletico, I know they're going to want to pip Real Madrid for that second place spot very badly. End the season on at least a high note. But, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Atletico in this one. Antoine Griezmann's on fire. Yeah, he is, man. The pink hair, he needs to keep that. Yep, forever. 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 All right, man. We got the Los Blancos, Real Madrid against Athletic Club. Real in second, as we mentioned. Athletic Club in eighth. Again, they could also finish in seventh, depending on how results go, for that last Europa Conference League spot. They could. You think they come out, maybe get a result against Real Madrid? I mean, Real Madrid has nothing to play for for the rest of the season besides finishing second, but it's still a Champions League spot. Athletic Club need at least a point, probably a win. And Osasuna to drop points. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go 
I'm going to go with the draw on this one. It's probably the safe bet. Not been convincing lately. No, they have not. I I almost want to pick a draw too, but I'll I'll just give it to Real Madrid. Okay. I'll say Vinny Jr. comes back for this game. We'll see. Watch him one last time before the season ends. Because, man, he's so fun to watch. Oh, so fun. And then there's talks also. Benzema potentially leaving Real Madrid for Saudi Arabia. Have you seen those reports? I have. Don't ruin my uh, transfer rumors, buddy. (laughs) Well, that's not this episode. (laughs) That's for a later episode. What do you think? You think he leaves or stays? I just want your opinion there. I think... I think that... I think I think he stays. You do, huh? Yeah. The feeling. Call it a gut feeling. I think he does too, but I think they should be looking to potentially put him out to pasture here in the next next year. Yeah, yeah. I think if he stays, he's got one more year left in him. If he goes, it's probably still the right time. But we'll see. All right. And then we got Celta Vigo against Barcelona. So Celta Vigo, man, they are fighting for their lives. They are in 17th place on 40 points. Barca in first, 88 points. Celta Vigo need to win this game, man. This last uh, relegation spot spot. in Spain is close. Yeah. It is close. It is insanely close. I mean, everything from 13th to 18th is within two points. I thought the Premier League was crazy at one point. This is nuts. It's all for the last spot. It's not for all three, you know, because it looks like Elche and Espanol have doomed themselves. Yeah. I mean, Valladolid has to win. And if everybody else dropped points, then it's whoever has the worst goal differential. But there's a bunch of crazy scenarios here. So there are. So we'll just go over the the table real quick. Cadiz, they're in forty they're on thirteenth place on forty one points. Catafe in fourteenth, also on forty one. Valencia in fifteenth, also on forty one points. And then you have Almeria in sixteenth on forty points. Celta Vigo in seventeenth with forty points. And Valladolid currently occupying that last relegation spot on 39 points. So who you got in this one, man? You think Celta Vigo gets something against already champions Barcelona? It's possible, but we got to remember they're one draw or one clean sheet away from having the record of number of clean sheets. And Ter Stegen becomes the all-time La Liga record for a single season. So it's not every nothing to fight for. It's something. It might just be a record. But I feel like with the season he's had, it might just be the one they're looking for. I don't think they get it, man. I think yeah. Celta Vigo at home fighting that relegation, I think they, they get Barca on this one. Barca have not looked great defensively lately. I will say that. No, they haven't. And, you know, since they won the, the title, they've, they've had some losses. Mm-hmm. conceding some goals i'm still going a nil nil draw on this one. Oh, a nil nil draw huh so <laughs> i won't watch that one i'll let you watch it <laughs> but i think celta vigo get it done so maybe i will i think they'll I, get it a... you're right i hope you're right it'd be nice to see them stay in the 
in La Liga. But yeah, that's kind of the action in La Liga, man. That last that last relegation spot and then kind of that Europa League, Conference League spot. Yeah. Actually just the Conference League, I lied. Yeah, it's just the Conference League. I mean, there is one game in that Conference League spot that could pretty much decide it. Uh it is Osasuna against Girona. So all Osasuna has to do is win. Yeah. And Girona need to win and hope results go their way elsewhere. But it could be a tasty one to watch. It could be. Yeah. Put you in a corner. Who wins that one? Girona and Osasuna? Yeah. Who was it that played Real Madrid in that Copa del Rey? In the final? Yeah. Osasuna. Is that a... I think Osasuna wins. Also scored four goals. Had one guy score four goals and beat Real Madrid. So. Yeah, Castellanos or something. Castellanos. Yeah. From I'm going with Osasuna. Okay. Um, I got a good friend who's an Osasuna fan, and he would probably kill me if I rooted against them. So I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> who's that? Named Javier. He's from Osasuna. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But he would kill me if I rooted against them. All right. Let's go to the Serie A, where um, it's pretty much just Europa League and Europa Conference League spots to fight for. On the third, which is weird to me that all these games are not played on the same day. They're actually played over three days. They are. Saturday, Sunday. Makes no sense. But on the third, we got Torino against Inter Milan. Inter have a uh, big game coming up in a week. Think they pull this one out? I do. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't see Torino getting past Inter Milan, especially the way they're playing right now. They're on fire. I mean, Torino don't really have a whole lot to play for. They're not going to make it into a. Europa Conference League, they're in eighth place. And Inter Milan, you know, this is a chance to get some momentum for that game against Manchester City. Yeah, and we all know how important momentum is. And if Lazio's result goes the other way, they could pip them for second. They could. Speaking of Lazio, who do they play? Oh, they play Ampoli. Yeah, same day, same time. There you go. So Lazio, yeah, they if they win, they're in second. And, you know, Empoli, they're in 14th place. Again, safe from relegation. Sitting there bottom mid-table. So I'm going Lazio, man. Yeah, Lazio's been above average as far as expectations go this season. They have had, for their standards, a good season. They had a really good run. Do you remember yeah. that? Where they won? I mean, it was like I February like eight, into like eight games in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they get the win here and solidify second. And I think that'll be a very successful season for them getting back in the Champions League. Yes, it will be. Good job for. Uh, it's crazy to think, though, that Lazio second in uh, Serie A. Right. Compared to where they started. Like, if you'd have said that before the World Cup, I would have called you nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh, because it would have been nuts to think that. 
So on the fourth, we have Napoli against Sampdoria. Napoli, the champions. If I'm not mistaken, Sampdoria are in last place. First, first, last. Yep. Uh, wholeheartedly relegated, by the way. Yep. First, uh, first, last. Sampdoria stand a chance in this one, or is it? Heck no. One, one way, way and one, one way, way only. only. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I I don't think Sampdoria even stands a chance against uh, Napoli's second string players. So. <laughs> Yeah. Agreed. Next up, we got Atalanta against Monza. Atalanta, I mean, they have to win, essentially, and hope that, or well, they have to win to secure fifth. But if they lose and results go elsewhere, they can drop, they can drop down, down to seventh. To the conference league. Yeah. Yep. I think they get the job done, though. Yeah, they've been good against all season. A Monza team that's in 10th. Could finish as high as eighth. Monza's upset some teams this season, though. They have. But I still think Atlanta wins. Yep. Atlanta playing at home as well. Yeah. Next up, we got Udinese against Juventus. Juve needing a win in this one and help elsewhere to make it into the Europa. Or, yeah, Europa League. Yeah, Europa League. Uh, Currently, they have at least secured the Europa Conference League spot. They'll get at least that, but they could get Europa if they win and Atalanta, Roma, draw or lose. But I think they get the job done, Juve. I think this is a big game. I think they'll they'll turn up. I think Udinese will want to uh, prove a point and ruin the parade for Juventus. I'm going to go with draw. To Europa League parade. <laughs> what parade are you talking about, man? They haven't done that good. Something positive after such a negative season. Headline. After losing 15 points, getting the 15 losing, points back. Losing 10, yeah. Losing 10 again. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks to be a Juve fan, man, that's for sure. Yes, it does. Maybe you don't cheat. Yeah, well, they're kind of known for it at this point, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. How would you feel about that as a player? If they're found you're, guilty, I unless it's my childhood club, I'd probably want to leave. Knowing they do stuff like that. Yeah. Like even say now, would you want to go sign for them? No. Well, it depends who I'm playing for and the wages they offer me. So I'm an Arsenal fan. If I was playing for Arsenal, there's no way in hell. Uh, if Arsenal wanted to sign me, I'd go to Arsenal. But, you know, if, say, like, Tottenham came to try to sign me, I got to pick Tottenham or Juventus, I'd probably go to Juventus. Say you're at Everton and Juventus yeah, I'd comes. Go to, I'd go to Juventus. Yeah. Same wages, though. Yeah, I'd still go to Juventus. Okay. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's... You're cheater with them. Fighting for the league versus fighting for survival. Exhausting. <clears throat> Next up, we got Milan against LS Verona. Uh, Verona fighting for their lives, speaking of staying up. They have to win this one to stay up and hope that Spezia draw or lose, or I guess get a draw and hope that Spezia lose. Uh, AC Milan have a Champions League spot. They could jump as high as third. 
They could, they could. And I think they get the job done beating Verona. But I think all those teams up there win, like I said. So I think they maybe stay in that fourth place. Yeah, um, I think I think Milan wins too. They need they need to end this season on a lay. That's they sure. do. All right, next up we got. Speaking of Spezia, we got Roma against Spezia. Roma need a draw or a win to get Europa League football next season, and hope Juventus doesn't win if they do draw. Uh, and Spezia need at least a point, if not three, to stay up. I think they'll get that point. I think this ends in a draw. Yeah. Roma have been less than impressive the past few weeks in Serie A. I think they'll be coming off this tough loss to Sevilla in the Europa League final. And I think Jose Mourinho suspended for this game as well. He won't be won't be there, so... I can see a draw happening. You know, I'm going to go with the upset. And Spezia is safe. And they beat Roma because Roma hasn't won in seven games and will make it eight to end the season in the league. They are in Rome, though. Yeah. Win in Rome. Um, Sometimes don't do as the Romans do. But (laughs) Sampdoria and Cremonese are already relegated. Again, like we said, Verona and Spezia battling it out for the last relegation spot. Who will be safe and who won't? We'll see. So next up, we get the fun part. What you've all been waiting for. Our English Premier League team of the season. Ooh. Ooh. Um, maybe some bold picks in here. I don't know. Let's find out. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Shall I go first? Go for it. All right. My goalkeeper is Nick Pope, man. He was a stud for Newcastle, coming up with some big key saves. He had the least amount of goals conceded in the Premier League. He had two saves of the month awards, 14 clean sheets, which was tie second most with Ramsdale and Allison. And the guy was just a rock for Newcastle back there. He was so good this season. Ageless wonder. That man. I can honestly only think of one mistake he made all season long. It was against Liverpool where he came out and tried to head the ball, missed it, handballed it. I do remember it. that one. I do remember <laughs> that one. Oh man, that was comical. It was it was a good one, yeah. So that is my goalkeeper. My right back is Nick Pope's fellow Newcastle compatriot, Kieran Trippier. Yeah. I think it's pretty I... unanimous. Best right back in the league this season? Yeah, I would say definitely the most consistent. Uh, I think Ben White gave him a run for his money for a while, and then he kind of fell off. So, yes. Kyle Walker, I mean, he also kind of fell off here at the end of the season. He didn't play a whole lot at the end of the season either. So No, and that's kind of what I mean by falling off. He just didn't play much. Yeah. But yeah, Kieran Trippier had 30, 38 appearances, one beautiful free kick goal against Manchester City. Yes, he did. And seven assists. Guy was just putting in free kicks, whipping in the corners, and was a player of the season nominee. So, yep. Had to get him in there. My right back, or my center backs. 
First one is another Newcastle player, Sven Botman. The young 23-year-old had 36 appearances and 11 clean sheets, 30 goals conceded. And what a signing. Season, maybe? What? Maybe. Maybe. Probably for the amount they paid for him, yeah. Yeah. Guy was a stud and only 23, so hopefully can only get better, right? Hopefully. My other center back is not from Newcastle. He is from Manchester City, Ruben Diaz. He's been the epitome of consistency in the last couple of seasons. I will say he that. did have a little bit of a rough start to the season, a little bit before the World Cup, yeah, and probably the first few games after the World Cup. But still, I would put him against one of the, any of the other defenders in the league. Still one of the best. Oh, yeah. He's been showing it for Man City in the Champions League. That spot is his own. Good luck taking it from him. Laporte, John Stones, Akanji, whoever. Then my left back is Luke Shaw. He had 31 appearances, one goal to assist this season in the Premier League. Man, he looks like a whole new player these past few couple years. Like I remember when he when Jose Mourinho was at Manchester United. And Mourinho was having to coach him up and down the line. (laughs) I think Mourinho said, when he's on my side of the field, I can tell him what to do. He won't make mistakes. But then he switches to the other side and he starts making mistakes because I can't tell him what to do. (laughs) It looks like it's all sinking because he's played fantastic this season. Filling in at center back as well. Guy can do it all. Mm -hmm. I will say also played well for England at the World Cup. Yes, and I would say this is easily his best season so far. Yes, yeah. He's still, what, 26, 27, somewhere there? Ooh, I don't know how old Luke Shaw is. Let me... You keep going. I'll look it up. He's 27, yeah. Okay. Well, that's easy. All right, my defensive midfield. So, FYI, I went with a 4-4-2 formation. I guess you could call it a diamond midfield. Yeah. My defensive midfielder, he's the best there is, man. I dare you to name a better defensive midfielder in the world than him. It is Rodri. Again, Mr. Consistent. Does his job, does it well. Not flashy, but guy gets it done. silent type, huh? Yeah, he is. That's right. He (laughs) even got popped in with a couple goals and six assists this season. He did. And you may remember one wonder goal against uh, Bayern Munich in the Champions League. I do, and it was a beauty. It was. It was. So, yeah, the guy's just, you know, I, I could have gone between Casemiro probably was my other pick. Casemiro did fantastic. But Man City were champions. Casemiro got a bunch of red cards. So, yeah, went with Rodri. And then my right midfielder is Bukayo Saka. The little chili himself. Yes, sir. What a season so this he had. Oh, beautiful, man. Fantastic season for Saka. Finished it on a high last season, last game of the season with that beautiful goal. And it was between him or Mo Salah, obviously. And if you look at Mo Salah's numbers, they're better. They are. Saka finished the season with... 31 appear- 38 appearances, 14 goals, 11 assists. 
whereas Mo Salah had 19 goals and 12 assists. So the numbers are definitely in favor of Mo Salah. But I will argue Bukayo Saka was more consistent this season than Mohamed Salah. Mohamed Salah really sprang to life after the World Cup. Yeah. And Saka came up with some big-time goals. Some golazos against Manchester United. Mm -hmm. Some big-time assists. And so I got to give it to him on the right wing. Fair enough. My attacking midfielder, he won midfielder of the year or best midfielder in the Premier League. Playmaker of the year, yeah. Playmaker, whatever it is. Kevin De Bruyne. And it wasn't even close. Yeah, guy's just so good. He had seven goals, 16 assists. And then I went a little unorthodox and on my left midfield, I had to get him in. Yeah, you Martin did. Odegaard. <laughs> I put him on the left. Snubbed out Gabriel Martinelli, Marcus Rashford, Jack Grealish. I put Odegaard there. Thought he had the better season. Easily. Of- 15 goals, 7 assists. Also because I had to make room for two strikers, man. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So my two strikers, obviously, Erling Holland, the robot. 36 goals, broke the record. Got to have him in your team of the season. Of course. And then Harry Kane, man. He also had eight assists. He did have eight assists, yeah. Erling Holland. But I had to get into Harry Kane, man. He had a 30-goal season in the Premier League. <laughs> Still finished, what was it, eighth? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to laugh for a second. So, yeah, Harry Kane, he's had two 30-goal seasons, and he came in second both times. Yeah. Because players are breaking records when he decides to score 30 goals. <laughs> so that's my lineup, man. Two strikers, yeah. Erling Holland, Harry Kane, midfield is Odegaard, Saka, De Bruyne, Rodri, Luke Shaw, Sven Botman, Ruben Diaz, Kieran Trippier in defense, and then Nick Pope as my goalie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid lineup, man. Um, but there's so many impressive players this season. It's hard. There were. It was hard. Like, I got to shout out a couple honorable, honorable mentions to Ilkay Gundogan. Uh, Casemiro, Carol Matoma, Aaron Ramsdale, and even Lewis Dunk, man. Lewis Dunk yeah. was a solid what defender a this year for Brighton. Led the league in passing by any won it by like I think it was like four hundred passes. It's insane. Shows you how important he is to that Brighton squad. All right. I guess I'll get into mine, huh? Yeah, let's hear yours. All right. I went with a goalkeeper. Oh, I guess I should start with I went with a Four two three one, because I feel like some of the midfield midfield performances this season, I had to have three. So, goalie, I went with Allison. Liverpool does not make the Europa League or come anywhere near it without him. Nope. Second in the Premier League in saves, 108, 14 clean sheets, and one assist in 37 appearances this season. At right back, the ever-present. Karen Trippier. Hard not to pick him. You can't not pick him unless you're insane. Center backs. I went with one of the same as you and one not. So I went with Sven okay. Botman. You can't, can't not pick him. I mean, come on. What a debut season he had. 36 appearances, 11 clean sheets, like you said. 30 goals conceded, but he only had 15 fouls all season as a center back. And two yellow cards. Not bad. That is amazing. Yeah, it is. 
Next, I went with another debutante, Arsenal's William Saliba. With only 27 appearances, he had two goals and an assist, 11 clean sheets, only 25 goals conceded, which lets you know how important he was to that Arsenal squad. I mean, we saw what happened when he went down injured. Yep, they crumbled because he has a 77% win percentage for Arsenal. Uh, And they are definitely not the same team without him. I think I couldn't put him in mind just because he did go out injured for quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I almost put uh, Zinchenko at my left back, but because Luke Shaw was so good this season, I couldn't not put him in my squad. So he's my left back. So my two center mids, I also went a little unorthodox since one of them is an attacking midfielder. Kevin De Bruyne as one of my center mids. Uh, because you can't have a team of the season without him. He's amazing. And then I went with a Brighton player in my center mid, Alexis McAllister. Huh. Cup winner, Europa League qualifier, 35 appearances, 10 goals and two assists in that midfield. And I feel like he should have a lot more assists, but he was the pass before the pass before the goal. A lot. How come him over Casemiro or Rodri or Thomas Partey? Or... He just impressed me so much this season. Thomas Partey at the end of the season fell off and was like unnoticeable in most games. Or if he was noticeable, it's because he was really bad. You picked Rodri. Um, Casemiro, it was red cards for me. Although I will give him a shout out uh, because of how much he transformed that Manchester United squad. Went from top four hopefuls to champions league qualifiers and a trophy because of him he did score that goal in that league cup final he did he did (laughs) he scored what two or three games straight to end the season including a scissor kick that was a sweet scissor kick. then he scored a header didn't he yeah in the last game of the season so all right center attacking mid martin odegaard yeah i feel like him and de bruyne you have to have them in your team of the season you have to. Uh, I'm not going to lie because you picked Bukayo Saka. I did not. It's hard. Or with Mo Salah. If I guessing. could go with a draw and pick them both, I would. But without Play Allison, one the first half, one the second half. <laughs> yeah. And I, it was the one the second half by quite some margin with the Mo Salah of old. I mean, 19 goals and 12 assists is an impressive season, and it's bad for his standards. So, and he actually played every game this season, which is amazing for him because he usually gets hurt at least once. Left wing, I had to put him on here. Marcus Rashford. Best season he's ever had in the Premier League. 35 appearances, 17 goals, 5 assists, but it was because... Manchester United didn't really win when he didn't score. So how important his goals were for that squad is why he's in my team of the season. So is that why he's over Martinelli or Jack Grealish? uh, Jack Grealish was never in the conversation for me. Okay. Um, He didn't have the goals or assists to even compare to Martinelli and Marcus Rashford. And then striker, we all know who it is. The robot, the inevitable... 
Mr. Erling Holland. Oh, can I throw record breaker in there as well? And uh, soon to be Champions League champion. It seems redundant, but I almost feel like with Erling Holland, you have to call his name out like in game of thrones yeah like erling holland first of his name (laughs) scorer of goals breaker of records (laughs) winner of premier leagues about to be winner of champions leagues (laughs) destroyer of hearts (laughs) destroyer of hearts (laughs) think you're onto something (laughs) we should come up with a script anyways (laughs) and then uh yeah so Erling Holland striker, Marcus Rashford, left wing, Mosala on the right, Martin Odegaard, Kevin De Bruyne, Alexis McAllister in the midfield, Sven Botman, William Saliba in the center of defense with Trippier and Shaw on the outsides, and Allison at goalie. But man, squad. so many good players. So many. Like we Ivan Tony, 20 goal, yeah. four assists. Um, I I want to say it just because Granite Jaka. Seven goals, seven assists, no red cards. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. He must have given them all to Casemiro because he had never <laughs> had a red card until then. <laughs> Casemiro said, give me those. Yeah, get over here. <laughs> uh, Manuel Akanji. Oh, dude, fantastic signing for Man City. Right? Uh, Gabriel Martinelli, as we have said. And then Leandro Trossard. For How both, about uh, Matoma? Matoma, you said him, so I didn't say him. Oh, I did? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but Leandro Trossard, second in assists with 12 in the league, uh, eight goals, 32 appearances for both teams, uh, game changer for both teams. Honestly, you know what my most memorable game this season is of Leandro Trossard? What? It's when Brighton played Chelsea, when Graham Potter came back to the Amex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trossard tore them apart. That whole brain team <laughs> tore them apart. But yeah. Yeah. Fond memories, Leandro Trossard, including your uh, bleach blonde haircut at the end of the season. And I kept thinking you were Martin Odegaard. So <laughs> I guess that's a compliment. All right. To our end of season awards where we actually agreed on something. Do you want to do the honors? You got to say it how it is. All right, so our EPL end of the season awards, best player, first of his name, Erling Holland, scorer of goals, breaker of records, winner of Premier League titles. He is the player of the season. <laughs> yes, it's so good. I guess you can tell what show I've been rewatching, huh? Right, right. All right, uh, best young player. I don't. I'm not a fan of the person winning player of the season winning young player of the season. I just, I'm not a fan. Sure, of it. the awards. So, Bukayo Saka. Bukayo Saka, head and shoulders, only to be head and shoulders behind Erling Holland. So, goalkeeper of the season. First of Nick his Pope. name, stopper of goals, <laughs> keeper of clean sheets. Nick Pope. <laughs> what a transformation he he helped with Newcastle, man. Yeah. I mean, Al- Allison, we've known he's this good for a long time. David Raya, same thing. Nick Pope, no idea. He was this good. So you get a good defense in front of him. And he's 
a world beater. Crazy. Manager of the year. Well deserved. Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe, man. He deserves it 100%. Came from, where was he when he got hired? 18th place with Newcastle? Last season, yeah. Last season. Qualified for the Champions League this season and was in third place most of the season. There's, this was a this was a tough one. It was. There was a lot of very good coaches this season. Um, do I think Pep Guardiola should have got manager of the year? No. He's the only person who we didn't have on this list. Yeah, because, I mean, throw Mikel Arteta, Roberto De Zerbi. Unai Emery. Unai Emery, yep. Um, Thomas Frank. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned last on the last episode, Kerry O'Neill, man. Yeah. Can you imagine taking that Bournemouth teeth and keep Bournemouth team and keeping them alive? No. Have you seen their squad? No I'd like way. to see Pep Guardiola do that. <laughs> Not without a billion dollars. So yeah, Eddie Howe, man, fantastic. Like you said, what he did from last year to this year, getting him in the Champions League. And not only that, dude, the way they're playing. Like at it's these these past fun to watch. Yeah. These few months at the end. Oh my gosh. So fun. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Callum Wilson. Ended the season with 18 goals. <laughs> Best season, yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, like what he did with some of those, I, I don't want to call them mediocre players, but just players who aren't starters. You know, the Jacob Murphys, Callum Wilsons. Good, good segue. Stop you there. Most improved player. There you go. <laughs> Could have gone with a Jacob Murphy, Callum Wilson, but who'd we go with? Joe Linton. Yeah. What a stud this season. Holy cow. Looking like when he first showed up, looking like he was going to be one of the biggest flops. He's kind of transitioned from that striker into a midfielder. And the guy's work rate is second to none, man. Yeah. Always fighting for the ball. Bruno Guimaraes and man. Oh, speaking of players who could have been in the team of the season. Bruno Guimaraes. Yeah, he had a fantastic season as well. Yeah. Comeback player of the year. This one might be a little biased, but Granite Xhaka goes Man. from the most hated player on Arsenal public enemy number one, steals the hearts of all Arsenal fans, and arguably one of the best players on Arsenal's squad this season, and definitely the most consistent. So yeah, you said it right there. I think cons- consistent. You and can definitely no tell. Card. No red cards. Yeah, that, that's huge. You could definitely tell Arsenal would miss him in that midfield when he wasn't playing. Looking and like they're going to possibly miss him next year. Like you said, man, I hated Jaka. I've hated him for years. Just his poor giveaways, his mistakes that he would make. His Ugh. temper. His temper, out. yeah. Those... keep going for a while little bit of a nod to Arteta for playing him a little bit further up so those mistakes don't cost you as many goals but yeah, tip of but the yeah what a turnaround man he's playing I went from like he, he played for Switzerland all these I years. went from off with his head to okay why, why isn't Xhaka playing damn well, where's he at <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to our winners they are uh completely biased because we did it but we agreed so it counts for something all right Targo to probably the best title race in all of Europe, the Bundesliga. And one of the best relegation battles, to be honest with you. 
So let's go with our Bundesliga team of the season. Do you want to start first? Or you want me to go this time? Uh, go for it. Go ahead, man. You go first. All right. At goalie, the only Union Berlin player in my entire team of the season, but well deserved nonetheless. Frederick Ronau. I have two. <laughs> 29 appearances, 94 saves, and 11 clean sheets with the Cinderella story of the season. Right back, arguably the best right back in all of Germany, Jeremy Frimpong. For Dude, it was so good. So good. Uh, I believe he's only 19 still. 34 That's... appearances, 8 goals, 7 assists. Might be 20 now. But he's very young, nonetheless. Let me look up. I don't think he's that young, is he? 22. Okay. I was close. Not very, but close. <laughs> All right. Center backs. I also went with a 4-4-2 in this one, I should mention. Nico Schlatterbach for Borussia Dortmund. You could have gone with either one of their center backs. They were impressive for most of the season and very unimpressive for part of the season. I guess I'm curious. Why Schlatterbach over Hummels or Sule? It was his goals and assists. Because he had 28 appearances, four goals, and five assists with 12 clean sheets. Which that is impressive. more than the other two. That so, is impressive. Yeah. Um, that's the only reason I went with them is his goals and assists. And they came in big time for a Borussia Dortmund squad that should have won the title. Speaking of winning the title, my center back, probably the best signing in all of Germany this season, Matthias De Ligt of Bayern Munich, 31 games played, three goals, one assist, 61% tackle rate, and a 93% pass rate. And also, I don't know if I agree with you on that one there, man. Consistent defender in that Bayern Munich defense, which was probably very... I disagree with that statement 100%. He was not the most consistent defender in that Bayern Munich defense. Name me one. The one on my team of the season. What, Alfonso Davies? No, Benjamin Pavard. Okay. Well, it wasn't Deo Upamecano, so. No, it was not. Upa Maguire. <laughs> Upa Maguire. Sorry, I stand corrected. <laughs> At left back, I have Rafa Guerrero. Good choice. Dortmund, 27 appearances, four goals, and a lead leaguing 12 assists from a left back. That's impressive. That is very impressive. At center mid, I went with Jonas Hoffman from Borussia Mönchengladbach. He had 31 appearances, 12 goals, and nine assists coming out of nowhere. Pretty much. good stats. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, most people's player of the season in Germany. Jude Bellingham as my other center mid. Uh, I mean, everybody knows how good he is. He's still what seems like a teenager, but has been playing for forever. He is a teenager. He's 19. 31 appearances, eight goals, four assists. But the most impressive stat of all, 482 duels won, which was almost 200 more than the next player behind him. It's insane, which means he's not only good on the ball, but he's even better getting the ball back. (laughs) 
At left wing, I did what you did with the Premier League. Uh, I went with attacking mid at my left wing because he impressed me so much this season. Dominic Sabotsloy of Red Bull Leipzig. Six goals, eight assists, and 31 appearances, but it's his work rate off the ball. He's everywhere, all at once. Insane. And he also is uh, almost a teenager. I think he's 20 or 21 now, but very promising. Speaking of teenagers, my right winger, Musa Diaby from uh, Bayer Leverkusen. What an impressive season for the teenager. He's 19, right? Yeah. I know he's young. I don't yeah. think he's that young. appearances, nine goals, eight assists. 23. 23. Holy crap. Much older than I thought. Well, I'm just going to stop saying ages because I keep getting them wrong. <laughs> All right. Up front, two strikers. Uh, you can't not have either one. Randall Kolomowani for Eintracht Frankfurt uh, somehow didn't win the golden boot, even though he led it for most of the season. 32 appearances, 15 goals, and 11 assists. And then my other striker for a team who just got promoted and somehow stayed safe because of his goals, Niklas Fulkrug for Werder Bremen, joint top goal scorer in the Bundesliga with 16. Uh, he had 16 goals, 5 assists, 28 appearances. Honorable mentions, Julian Brandt, Jamal Musiala, Joshua Kimmich. Uh, I'm going to go with Marcus Turam for my last one. All in double digits in goals. All right. All right. Well, I will go next then. In goal, I picked the same goalie, man. Frederick Runau. Ronal, how do you pronounce it? What what a season he had. See, Union Berlin, man, had the second least amount of goals against. They were tied with Bayern Munich for least goals against, 38. Fantastic. Potentially the, the with less money, Newcastle of the Bundesliga? <laughs> yeah, with much less money, I would say. Cinderella My story, right... coach, or second, tied for... Least goals allowed. Both yep, teams. yep. <laughs> but defense, man, I'm telling you, defense, a good defense can Win do wonders. Yep. My right back, same as yours, Jeremy Frimpong. Guy's a stud. Eight goals, seven assists. He's so fun to watch, too. Oh, yes. Just as good uh, center backs. On my first one is an Union Berlin defender. Ooh. Robin, I think you pronounce it uh, Knoke. Uh, I want to say one of the two. It's not Kenosh, I know. But anyway, he had 32 appearances, two goals, three assists. Again, best best defense in the league. My other center back is Benjamin Pavard. I think he's the most consistent defender there at uh, Bayern Munich. And he also popped up with four goals and an assist. Guy can score a wonder goal, as we know from uh, his days for the French national team. Yep. And he's versatile, so he can play center back, right back, whatever you may need. My left back is Alfonso Davies. I will say he did not have the best stats this year. And after listening to that Rafa Guerrero, (laughs) those assists, man, I might want to change mine. (laughs) 
Davies had uh, one goal and four assists, so definitely not as impressive as Rafael Guerrero. Yeah, he's still lightning in a bottle, though. He is, man. He is, he is quick. Uh, I guess I should say my formation was a 4-3-3. My midfield consists of a defensive midfielder and Joshua Kimmich. He had five goals, six assists, and 33 appearances. And the guy is just so good, man. Such a good passer of the ball. Not only Great that, leader on the field. Literally anywhere on the field. Anywhere. That too. It's crazy how much he reminds me of Philip Lom. Mm-hmm. But Philip Lom was just uh, a little step above. My other two midfielders are Jude Bellingham. Because, duh. Gotta have Jude Bellingham. And then the player I can't believe you didn't have in yours. Joint top goal scorer, Christopher Nkuku. Yeah, I just couldn't find space for him. I had to put him in midfield. I know he's probably more of a center forward. Attacking mid. Attacking mid. But I put him in my midfield. He had 25 appearances, 16 goals, and 4 assists. Yeah. 20 gold contributions in 25 games. Fantastic, man. Pretty good. Then my three up top on the right, Musa Diaby. He's a stud. Big fan of his. He had nine goals, eight assists. On the left, Kolo Moani, 32 appearances, 15 goals, 11 assists. As you said, second top goal scorer. And then the striker, joint top goal scorer, Nicholas Fulkrug. 28 appearances, 16 goals, five assists. Yeah. One of my honorable mentions. Danny Almo for RB yeah. Leipzig. Yeah, they have some amazing attacking midfielders there at Leipzig to go right next to a false nine slash attacking midfielder. They're due. And also, I'll shout out Serge Gnabry. Yeah, and Leroy Sané. They both had fantastic seasons. So, yeah, that is my Bundesliga team of the season. All right, and with that, to our Bundesliga awards. Player of the season? You guessed it. Yeah, I heard you in the back. It's Jude Bellingham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like as easy of a pick as Erling Holland is player of the season in the Premier League. Young player of the season, Targo. I know we agreed on this one, and it was pretty unanimous. Musa Diaby. Yeah. Yeah. Goalie of the season, again. Unanimous. Both had him in our team of the season. Frederick Ranau. Ranau. How do you pronounce it? Manager of the season. Yeah, you guessed it. Urs Fischer for Union Berlin. Champions League finish went 18 8 and 8. Tied for least goals allowed. And Cinderella story, which everybody loves. Yeah, they do. Comeback player of the season. Timo Werner. Yeah, we said it. At Chelsea the previous season, four goals, one assist, and 21 appearances. This season, 27 appearances, nine goals, four assists. Pretty damn good. Much better than the previous year at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, much he scored some important we, goals, too, I will say. Yeah, yeah. And back to his form that we've all known, which made him get that transfer to Chelsea. So, 
You want to do most improved? Most improved player, man. Nicholas Volkrug. Last season in the Bundesliga 2, 19 goals, 6 assists. And, or no, that was this season. And in the previous season, he had 6 goals, 0 assists. So last season in Bundesliga 2, you're right, 19 goals, 6 assists. But last time he was in the Bundesliga, which was the year before that, only 6 goals and no assists. This season, joint top goal scorer. Very impressive. I will say it is impressive, joint top goal scorer. But I'm also a little unimpressed with you, Bundesliga, as a whole. The top goal scorer only had 16 goals. Yeah. Yeah. I will say the Premier League did have a record number of goals scored this year. They did, so. yep. But, I mean, even when you think in Serie A, Victor Osimhen, Lewandowski and La Liga. Yeah. Kareem Benzema. Mbappe and Ligon. Even Messi had more than 16, so. Yeah. Okay. For the fun part, Targo, this is all completely biased. How are we going to remember this season in the English Premier League? So, I came up with some fun... Well, I didn't come up with some fun questions. I stole it from ESPN, let's be honest. (laughs) But I thought it was fun. So, Targo, I will ask you, the best game you watched this season? In person or on TV? Uh, let's go with in person first, since I don't have that one. So the best game I saw was our, obviously Arsenal played Spurs at the Emirates. They won. It was fantastic. That was my favorite game. In, um, yeah, London uh, yeah. Derby. Anyone's favorite game going to it live. Yes. How about like the rest of us mere mortals watching <laughs> it on TV? Dude, it's got to be that thumping of Manchester United. The 7-0. Yeah. We live streamed it. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was pretty great. I, can't, I I'm still in shock that it happened. To be honest with you, we picked one heck of a game to live stream. Just them getting I, thumped. Holy cow! And I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> How about you? What was the best game you watched? I'll be honest. I wouldn't necessarily call it the best game I watched, but definitely the one that impressed me the most was Manchester City against Real Madrid in the Champions League semifinal second leg. Oh, the battering of Real Madrid. They waxed the floor with the Real Madrid side who have just been serial winners in the Champions League. That's the best I've seen Manchester City play probably ever. It was was amazing. Um, But yeah, also the live stream. (laughs) Liverpool against United 7-0. Yeah. Seven up to you, Reds. (laughs) (laughs) So on that note, what was the worst game you watched? I remember it because on the podcast, I said I fell asleep. Chelsea and Fulham, February 3rd. Debut of Enzo Fernandez. I fell asleep. And I bet it wasn't even 20 minutes into the game. That's how boring it was. For me, it also involves Chelsea. But it was that Liverpool Chelsea, man. Yeah. Yeah, Mihailo Mudrik. There was nothing to talk about all game. Both teams were very poor at that point. Chelsea continued being poor, but Liverpool got better. And so, yeah, it was just that whole that whole game, man, was just boring. We got a little glimpse of Mudrik. He showed a little bit of promise. And then that promise just 
went right out the window. Just like the water or the turd in your toilet. (laughs) 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 I don't think it makes that noise, but okay. (laughs) Mr. Hanky does at least. (laughs) All right. Targo, best goal you saw this season or live, I guess. Uh, Again, live that Thomas Partey goal against Spurs. On TV, man, there were some great ones. I know Johnny for Wolves had a really beautiful chip. Uh, Miguel Amiron scored a really beautiful goal as well. A lot of really nice team goals as well. Yeah. I think I got to go with one that was just a couple weeks ago, though, man. Julio and CISO. Dude, what a thunderbolt that was. That goal against Man City. Holy cow. The Brighton player, man. I forget who was it. It was against Manchester United, I think. When he had another one just like that. That was against Chelsea. Okay. That was close. They played each other a week ago. Yeah. Um, Amazing goal. Um, For me, it's got to be Rafael Leao against Napoli, where he dribbled 60 yards and scored. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, But other than that, it's got to be Pakaya Saka against Manchester United, man. Game winner. That was a beauty, yeah. Yeah, January 22nd. It was not the game winner. You're right. Niketia. Niketia. Niketia with the game winner. But it was just as important. It was. Rashford comes up with a banger and Saka Saka comes up with one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then my favorite question. um, Your favorite storyline of the season. Uh, well, I see you got a, quite a few here written down. Well, I have a theme and then quite a few. Yes. Okay. So I'll I'll go with um, best storyline. There's a couple that come to mind. Erling Holland, obviously. Great storyline. But man, Arsenal. Being at the top for so long. Bottling it. That one hurts. It's a big storyline. So much promise. But it was so you know, exciting you and, while it lasted. Yeah, you and I were so excited that we I uh, topped the league. I haven't had that much fun as an Arsenal fan in 20 years. 20 and I years. also got to give a shout out to Brighton oh, God. this season. How many times on this podcast have we said how much we love watching Brighton? So yeah, those, those would be my two. I'm going to go with pretty much the same thing, but with more teams. <laughs> this year was the year of the underdog, man. Union Berlin. And then they all crumbled. <laughs> yeah. Well, Union Berlin, Champions League. No one thought they were going to do that. Brighton, Europa League for the first time ever. Aston Villa coming from 16th all the way up to a uh, European Conference League spot. Arsenal, kind of. Fulham, 10th place after just getting promoted. Borussia Dortmund almost winning the title. Uh, you might forget. Union Saint Joas. Good Europa, Europa League. League run. Yeah. Uh, Lons had the lead of League Off for a long time. So, year of the underdog. And then also Chelsea sucking terribly after spending $600 million. Yeah, that's a good oh, one. I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw it in. I, I guess Tottenham. Also, favorite storyline? No. Antonio Conte, maybe. 
He was my favorite coach to watch this season. I'll be honest with you. He was my okay. favorite coach to watch do interviews. That's for sure. Yeah, that's definitely true. Speaking of watching, team you wish you watched more of this season. All right, so I have a couple. One would be Napoli before the World Cup. You know, only watched them probably in a couple Conference League games, a couple Serie A games. Um, Once they got through to the round of 16, I watched all their games in the Champions League. And it seemed like I started to watch them more in Serie A when they were not doing as well. Yeah. Still won the title, though. They did. They did. But I would say my my real answer would be Union Berlin. Yeah. Wish I would have watched them more. That's a good one. I'm going to have to agree with you on the Napoli one, though. I did not watch a ton of their games this season. I wish I did because I could have seen Kabardana and Osamans tear it up. And, I mean, they were so good for so long this season. And just like Arsenal, kind of fell off around that, you know, was that end of February, April. early March. Yeah. Or April. But they had so much of a lead in Serie A that it didn't matter. Other one, I wish I watched every single game Brighton played this season. I did watch a lot of Brighton games, I'll be honest with you. I did too, but I wish I watched every single one. Because they're my new second favorite team in the Premier League. God, they're really fun to watch. Newcastle's not far behind. It's the crowd, mostly. But Okay, Targo. Last one. You go first the on this one. one. The one, okay, well, then you ask the question. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's the one thing you'll remember most from this season? Dude, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. That's what you're going to remember most? The meltdown. The bridges he burned at a team he is a legend of. He sulked, walked off the field, refused to come on as a sub, gave an interview that pretty much ruined his career to Piers Morgan. It was pretty bad. (laughs) Uh, Went to the World Cup, dropped by Portugal, who played better without him. Messi won the World Cup and the Ballon d'Or. He hasn't won the Ballon d'Or yet. He's he's going to for last calendar year. Uh, And then he went to Saudi Arabia with Al Nasir, and I've never seen him more upset and unhappy in his career. Like, what a monumental collapse for one of the greatest footballers of all time. That's what I will remember the most because Arsenal didn't win anything and I don't want to remember their failures. <laughs> That's what you'll remember, huh? Ronaldo going to yep. Saudi Arabia. Yep. And I will tell you why after you tell me yours. Okay. So the thing I'll remember most about this season, Erling Holland, first of his name. <laughs> <laughs> Breaker of records, scorer of goals, winner of Premier League in worlds. Yeah, the guy broke the all-time goal-scoring record, man. Thirty-six goals. You remember the tear he started with, man? Like they were projecting he'd get fifty, sixty goals if he continues at this rate. Mm-hmm. And he was on fire, man. Hat trick, hat trick, hat trick. Was it January and part of February? Kind of went on a. I guess you could call it a drought. It was only like two or three games. But. <laughs> yeah, that was a haul-in drought. Going two, three yeah. games without a goal. And he comes back and scores two of the three. But the and then even why... here towards the end, Pep didn't play him as much. So yeah. And the reason why 
mine is not Erling Holland breaking goals record is because I think he'll break it again next season. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't remember this season by that because he'll break it again. I just he's that good and he's on a Manchester City squad that just make him look that much better. So I, I think he probably scores forty five next season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine him going up against Luton Town. Come on, he's gonna have seven. Eight goals. <laughs> Poor Luton. I know. I feel bad for them. But, like, imagine that. Them at the Etihad against Erling Holland. I don't want to imagine it, man. I watched that championship game. Yeah. Like, when I was watching it, I was like, I wonder how they would fare against Man City. And watching them play, I'm like, not well. Well, I'm going to tell you, Burnley lost, what was it, like 7-0 against City? And they won the championship by, like, 20 points. So... If they lost seven to the city, what is Luton Town gonna do? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys let us know, because that's all I got for today. Yeah, what do you guys? We said you were gonna ask me some. What were you gonna ask? Did I ask? No, I said I was gonna tell you why Cristiano Ronaldo was my remembrance from this season. Okay, why? Why is he gonna break his own record? Okay. But you guys let us know, yeah. What are you going to remember most from this season? Lots of lots of things happen, that's for sure. Lots to choose from. Definitely not low on picks. But let us know on our Facebook group, on our YouTube channel. Feel free to hop on the Instagram, TikTok, look at some of our videos. You can DM us on there, at Bruce and Banter FC. And on that note, we love you guys. Thank you, boys. Cheers. Cheers.